The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark. This is the Tea Health Show. And today we're going to focus on aesthetics and in particular the new kid on the block, biostimulators. So I have invited two of my dear colleagues, Dr. Vivian Jandera, plastic and reconstructive surgeon, as well as Dr. Melanie Lampracht, aesthetic practitioner, to join me in this discussion. Good morning, ladies. Hi, Mark. <laughs> morning, Sims. How are you? Good morning. Okie dokie. So when we came up with this topic, um, all of us who are trainers for individual companies on these new products decided that we wanted to talk to them as a group. Um, and I want to start the conversation with the following statement. 75% of women, when they asked about their treatment outcomes when it comes to aesthetics, now say that they would rather have a gradual onset that is natural looking and longer lasting over the traditional treatments that we are also familiar with. And these are your neurotoxins and your tissue fillers. Do you guys want to weigh in on these? Yes, I think that's definitely the trend in aesthetics. I think um, even on social media we can see that trend for overdoing facial fillers for that pillow face, that unnatural. There's a big trend for dissolving unnatural fillers. And I think people are not interested in an instant result. And there's also, it's a more natural form of treating a patient because you actually get them to grow their own collagen and people love that concept. Mel? No, I totally agree. Um, I think we have a vast majority of patients that we've been treating for a long time and they have delved into many types of treatments, different types of tissue fillers, um, which have lifted and, and replaced volumes. Um, and now it's almost like they're saying, my face is still not what I want. Um, is there something else? Is there something that can rather lift and tighten and, as you say, is natural at the same time rather than just more filling? I I like that concept. Uh, you know what, um, Viv, maybe you should explain to us just a little bit more about the concept of biostimulation and what that actually means. Okay, so biostimulation, one of the most important things for people out there to understand is that a biostimulator, although we inject it under your skin, is not a filler. It's an active compound or a molecule, and there are different ones in the different products, which what it does, it stimulates a sort of subclinical inflammatory process that makes your own body stimulate its own fibroblasts and fibroblasts are a special kind of cell that is involved in making collagen. And these molecules which are active then go on to make you, your own body make your own collagen. And because of that, you'll come in for a treatment and go out looking exactly the same. And you've got to wait to see that result because it takes your body at least about three months before it starts producing that new new collagen. But that new collagen is active and it lasts for much longer than maybe a dermal filler treatment would have, which would have been worn out within about a year or so. 
Okay, so you've touched on something that I think we need to explain, and that's collagen. Um, collagen makes up about 90% of our skin, am I right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, collagen starts decreasing as well as degrading from our 20s at um, about a percent a year. Yeah. So what does a decreased production, quality, and amount of collagen lead to, Mel? So I think every young woman out there who's reached the age of 30 will tell you that somewhere between 30 and 35 – uh, it was like a birthday present they didn't want, but something changed. Usually, um, you either see it around the eye area first, or maybe in certain people around the mouth area. Those are two areas that break first. Usually the eyes though. And they tell you something's different. There's a slight crepiness. When they smile, there's more smile lines. The skin doesn't bounce back as much. And it's that, that magical age where you're, where you're talking about the fact that collagen production is decreased. Increasing not only the amount but also the quality, and it's it's actually insane that that happens at such a young age. You would think that it would last a little bit longer, but those. So what it looks like is those very early signs of aging, just a slight inelasticity that is um, with us being so much on our phones, on camera, very social media aware, um, young women are noticing that very quickly. So that's the first sign. And it's a terrible thing to say, but it's compounding. So the one to one and a half percent that you lose compounds each year. So it seems to gallop a little bit. And women who are in their 40s will tell you again, about a decade later, something happens again. Again, usually 40 to 45, and again at 50 to 55 with the ad, with the, the addition of, of menopause as well. And each decade brings its own look of what that loss of collagen looks like. The lines get deeper. Um, in the 40s and 50s, the sag begins to get worse, and there's a, a certain degree of heaviness to the face that wasn't there before. So... Uh, in, in your early days, the signs are very subtle, and from 40s onwards, it becomes a little bit more in your face. I, uh, Mel, you and I had a discussion on this program uh, a year or so ago about emotional beauty, and I want Viv, who's the plastic surgeon, to weigh in here. Um, Viv, as practitioners, what we find so often is patients that walk into our rooms and say that how I feel on the inside and what people tell me they see when they look at me is completely different. So you might feel happy and bubbly, but you look grumpy and sad or old and tired. Um, Collagen plays an absolute role here, am I right, because of that sagging, basically, which Mel has referred to? Yes, it's so interesting that you say that, Mark, because I have so many patients coming in who want to look better, but they don't necessarily want to look 20 years old anymore. I have patients in their 50s. They want to look refreshed, and I've heard patients actually say, I want to look like I feel. Um, and the definite loss of collagen 
Um, and it's such a pity that we didn't have these biostimulators when I was 30 because yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. You know, we're treating patients in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and we're seeing amazing results. But I would actually love to treat a patient in their early 30s. So I'd match their collagen loss as they lost it. And one wonders if they would, like, ever age. Well, they would age, but I think we would just see a totally different kind of beauty that you would see in people's 40s and 50s. If they started, I would even give someone their first biostimulator treatment perhaps in their early 30s. And I, I think that would that. be amazing. I agree. Yeah. You know, but here, and here we're talking about prejuvenation. Yeah. Um, where you, where you stop that, uh, collagen decrease. Mm. Um, let's, let's quickly, Move on. Um, biostimulators are not new. These products have been around for a very long time, specifically. And before we go there, let's just name the ones that is currently available on the market in South Africa. I think the very first one that was launched, uh, it was last year, at the beginning of last year, am I correct, Bill? Was Sculptra. Yeah, I think Sculptra, but I think Radius was in the South African market a little bit before that. But not really marketed not really as marketed. a biostimulator. Yeah. yeah, so I think Sculptra was the first one that came out, and that started that like whole trend of biostimulators. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, um, so that's Sculptra, which is polylactic acid. Yeah. And then there are two other biostimulators that have hydroxyapatite as a biostimulator, and that would be Harmonica and Radius. So those are our three big biostimulators in the South African market at present. Okay. There's a subtle difference between all three of those products. Mel, do you do you want to just go in there? Sculptra mm-hmm. being um, a pure biostimulator, just polyallactic acid, but Radius and Ammonica is slightly different. It's a combination of products? Yep. So the other two products are a little bit different. Radius has got this molecule, which is the biostimulating molecule called calcium hydroxyapatite, and it's kept in a wash of a, of a product called carboxymethylcellulose, CMC, which is just a holding agent, really. So it, it forms like a gel that allows the biostimulator to be spread evenly underneath the skin. But that CMC breaks down quite quickly. It's going to break down within two to four weeks so that the slight what appears to be a slight filling effect um, goes away quite quickly and can lead to a little bit of disappointment if you are not educated as a patient to understand that that's not the effect you're waiting for. This is not, these aren't products that you sit up and you go, wow, look, the result is there straight away. So this gel, the CMC gel breaks down and then you have the, um, you have the, the biostimulation that will now grow over the next few months. Harmonica is unique. It's a little bit different in that it has that same calcium hydroxyapatite biostimulating molecule and washing around it is more of a traditional dermal filler. In other words, it's hyaluronic acid. So it's called a hybrid filler because you do have somewhat of an immediate effect, um, which is this lifting and pulling and then the combined effect a bit later of the um, biostimulation from the calcium hydroxyapatite. So each of these three products is unique, but I think in a way they're also the same, or they, they're trying to get a similar type of effect. There's slightly different protocols 
uh, of how to inject each one, how often to inject each one. And that is where I think you're going to have to rely on your injecting doctor to know which of the products is going to suit you best, how to inject it in you, because each face is completely unique. Each individual is unique and will need a different pattern of injection and perhaps one of those three um, products is going to be better suited to you. And that really is going to be a, a clinical decision based both on your doctor assessing you and then um, uh, educating you on the benefits of each of the products. So I, I, I want to just put out there that between the three of us, um, there's more than 70 years experience in aesthetic Medicine, and I'm not. That is scary, Mark. <laughs> I'm not giving away our experience I, I, I and our age. Think, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> unfortunately, it's true. It is. And wh- why I why I'm giving that statistic is we have been exposed to basically every single product that has come onto the aesthetic market, and for myself personally. The biostimulators has opened a window um, that allows us far better treatment and results than we were able to deliver before. And I want to ask you guys, Viv, you're on the surgery side, so I think your approach might be a little bit different, but there is a place for patients who either want to have surgery, who's not yet ready, or who has had surgery um, and wants something of a little bit of top-up before they get a second surgery. Um, do you want to, to tell us how how you would position this as a surgeon in your practice? So even though I'm a plastic surgeon, we know the statistics. 70% of people who want to have an aesthetic improvement will never consider surgery. So there's a huge market out there. And I think adding biostimulators into the mix of treatments that we can offer patients has really expanded what we can do for people. As far as surgery goes, there's still a, there will always be a place for surgery. It's very interesting, as I've seen quite a lot in my practice, is patients who've had facelifts using biostimulators to maintain their results, which has yeah. been fantastic. So it's actually delaying your second facelift or maybe making you not have that second facelift. And that's been very, very exciting. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a space for everything. I think you can go across the range from good skin care to all the way through dermal fillers, biostimulators, lasers, and ending up with surgery. And I think there's a space in the sun for everybody. And there's something that's suited to every patient. And that's why I really believe that we have to emphasize that these treatments need to be done by medical doctors. And it's not just a question of picking a treatment. You actually really need a very good assessment of that patient what they are like clinically and also what their expectations are, what their budgets are and fit it into their lifestyles. I think you've touched on something that is incredibly important and all three of us who are trainers, uh, this is what we are doing in our training, um, teaching younger, less experienced practitioners to actually take the time and assess the face correctly. As medical practitioners, um, 
our aim is to make a diagnosis and not just come up with, okay, fine, I'm going to treat you with this and this and this, but understanding the underlying causes of what is creating the sagging or the laxity or the volume loss. Um, and this is incredibly important. When you choose your aesthetic practitioner, um, make sure that when you go, you get a full-on assessment of your face so that you yourself as a patient understand the underlying cause and that it's explained to you what the treatment will do. Mel, um, so what do we treat with biostimulators? Where, when, when you're coming into my practice and we're doing this overall assessment, um, will I personally, I'm looking at so many factors. I'm looking at not only your chronological age, so that's your number. Are you 36, 46? Not only the number, I'm looking at your genetic aging. In other words, your, your parents gave you a certain degree of how you're going to age and how, you know, Thanks, mother. <laughs> it's either pretty good or it's oh no. Um, and then there's all the factors of what you do with your life. How much sun exposure have you had? What's your diet like? Um, there's so many factors. Oh, absolutely. So you can, I always say that, um, aging is a race and it's a race you want to lose. You want to be stone last. So if we all start together and we, we're born, uh, think of aging as we're walking. We're all walking at the same pace when we're little and some of us walk a little bit faster because our parents gave us poorer genes and some a little bit slower. But then we do things. We smoke, we lie in the sun, we et cetera, et cetera. And some of us begin to jog a little bit. Um, and then there's various things that can happen and some of us land up sprinting towards the end and the others are still ambling along. And when, I, when I'm thinking of a biostimulator, all of these things that we do, so improving your diet, staying out of the sun, wearing sunblock, and definitely biostimulators slow you down. So it takes you from a, a solid jog and and suddenly you're walking. And I always say to, to people, biostimulators are going to change the trajectory of where you're going to land up. So if you had a, a crystal ball and you could see uh, where you're going to land up in this race and you were going to come first because you were doing pretty badly, um, your trajectory will change. And with biostimulators, you may land up actually coming towards the end. It's going to modify and morph what happens to you by stimulating collagen in the face. So it's a lot to do with lifting. It's a lot to do with anti-sagging. It's placing collagen in very key parts of the face where there are ligaments supporting the face that now are sagging a little bit and we're able to lift them up, support them. And instead of the face falling forward a little bit like a pug or, or like a bulldog, um, the last thing you want to do where all the wrinkles are in the middle of the face, where imagine the little pug dog, you don't fill where those lines are because then the face just gets heavier and heavier of falling forward what you actually want to do is that little you know that little three finger pull that we all do when we're looking in the mirror we all do it right the little three finger pull what you're trying to do as the doctor is figure out where the best place to put those biostimulators is, is to create those bands of collagen that will replace your fingers when you're doing the little pull and just give that support i i think vivian um you teach anatomy uh, to so many doctors and you always teach us um, about the lateral retaining ligaments and I think um, what Mal has described is what you 
what you teach us. Everything happens on at the lateral part, in other words, in front of the ears. That's where you where you uh, thanks and be where you are pulling back um, in the right area. Do you just want to explain uh, in, in layman's terms? What we're doing It's that lifting of the yeah. temples in, bef- in front of the ears well, What I call bathroom surgery Even yeah. I do it Sit in front of the mirror <laughs> When you put your night cream on And pull and think Oh this would look better um, You know I think a big More than explaining the ligaments I think it's a good concept To understand that You're not correcting what you see You're trying to restore What has happened So ah, in other that's words a wonderful It's concept. another way In other ways We look at what caused you to look like this? Why do you have a hanging mouth? Why is your chin pulling up? Why do you have those lines between the outer corners of your mouth going to your to your chin? And those are the things patients will often come in and they say, I really hate the area around my mouth and I hate the jowls. Everyone knows what a jowl is, the hanging thing on the side of your face. And what people need to understand is what caused that. And I think that's where, that's why I love anatomy because it explains all those things and that most of the changes actually start in the mid face in your cheek area. And that's why we often treat in those areas. Also, if you were to look at your face, the front part of your face is where you move, you speak, you kiss, you smile, all those micro movements. So there's a lot of movement in the front of your face. And if you look at the back part of your face, say from the front of your ear to midway down your cheek, like not a lot happens, okay? So what happens is imagine that you were going to try and pull your face up. So you would try to put a th- maybe a thread, a piece of string, just as a concept, and you try to pull up that lower bit of your face that isn't looking so great up to the top area. I so, sleep with sticky tape. <laughs> so you can imagine that like a biostimulator is like a million threads in the part of your face that doesn't move and forms an anchor point and will give you that lifting effect. So we treat what caused the thing you don't like rather than looking at what you don't like and working on that area, if that makes sense. To us, absolutely. I I want us to just quickly touch on the aging face and what happens in an aging face because um, I think the majority of people don't know that we age on different levels. The number one thing is the changes to the bony structure, in other words, to the skull. And there's nothing that we can do about that to slow that down. That's, that just happens. Um, and here we're looking at changes in the uh, f- form of the eye socket, uh, changes in your lower jaw where the, um, the jaw becomes thinner and it starts retracting, and even flattening in the middle, um, just under the eye area, we call that the maxilla. Um, and that we need to compensate for. I always refer to, if you take a look at a photo of Sher 50 years ago and currently, she still looks exactly the same. Um, so either she baths in formaldehyde and sleeps upside down, which I think is most probably true, <laughs> or she has a phenomenal um, 
esthetician or practitioner or surgeon. Team, probably, Mark. A team. That, that <laughs> compensates for those changes that we can't do anything about. And then the next thing that ages is the support structures on top of the bone. And here we're looking at the fat pads. And those fat pads, Viv can describe it better. In my mind, those fat pads start becoming lazy and they start sagging and they start even start disintegrating. And I think that's why people who carry a little bit more weight often look younger and fresher than someone who is really skinny and thin. Um, because those support structures keep everything in place. And, um, we need to understand that those things are going to happen whether we want to or not. And as aesthetic practitioners and surgeons, we compensate and re- restore the support of the, of the skin and the overlying structures. And biostimulators, I think here, um, help us phenomenally well by keeping the do they, in other words, the skin nice and tight and firm and starched? Um, does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and I think I, I just want to put one little word in here is that biostimulators have, I think, morphed completely in the last 12 to 18 months how Aesthetic practitioners work in their, in their clinics because it's added a whole new dimension to what we can do. We've never had products that could do what these products are doing and add that dimension of lift and tightness that is so natural. But I do want to say one thing. Um, I always think of myself as a handyman and I, you, you're, you're enlisting my skills too because your house needs to be renovated. And if I was a handyman with my tool belt and I arrived with a hammer and that's it. And I walked in and you said to me, I need my roof fixed. I need the walls painted. Um, that door handle is loose. And I arrived with just a hammer. I'm not going to be a very good practitioner. If I only understand how to use a hammer, don't hire me. What I need is that full tool belt, and the tool belt is going to have everything on it. It's going to have a screwdriver, a wrench, paintbrushes, etc. And I think just one thing to remember is that biostimulators are one very important new tool that um, doctors need to understand how to use well, but we mustn't forget that the other tools are still very essential. In certain people, now you're talking here about how the face ages, when those fat pads are empty and deflated, there are other treatments that still need to fill them up. There's still a place for traditional dermal fillers. There's still a, a place for um, botulinum toxin to to um, release very tight muscles, etc., and definitely a huge uh, place for all the skin treatments. Um, so it is such a – I found that the last year has been so exciting because the way that I approach patients has changed completely because of this new tool in my belt. It's a very elegant tool. It's very beautiful. But it does take a lot of understanding and education to use it well. I, I – Mel, I cannot agree with you more. So, um, again, I'm referring to the fact that we are all trainers. And over the past year and a half, two years, most of our trainings of four other doctors have been focusing on the correct use 
of biostimulators because if you understand the properties of this product and what it can deliver and you can assess your patient effectively, you come up with a treatment protocol which will include a series of different treatments. And Dr. Viv, I want you to just quickly touch on combination treatments maybe um, a lot of people came in previously and said oh I don't like fillers I only do Botox um, or I, I only do fillers and now we can present them with a new option or a different option but they're quite scared do you can you talk a little bit towards just maybe a patient approach um, as to why we would combine these different products? Well, I think the first most important thing that patients really want is us to listen to them. So I think one of the most important things to actually listen to your patient at what concerns them. They're not going to tell you in the most scientific way, but they're going to tell you what's bugging them. And quite often someone comes in and they point to some feature that really concerns them and when I look at their face it's not what bothers me at all yeah. but I have to acknowledge what bothers them and then I usually I have quite a detailed like form for them to fill in about what's bothering them how how they what they think needs to be treated and then we go through a sort of facial assessment together and we do that together and it's quite enlightening for the patient because you can often get them to understand that maybe what's bothered them is caused by something else. And then when we've been through that, we try and put those two things together, what they were concerned about and what I think I see, and put it together. So they're part of the decision-making process. And having made that process, we then sit and we map out a treatment plan. So there's a very different treatment plan if your daughter's getting married in two months and you want to look good, or if you're interested in a long-term view of anti-aging and I always say to my patients if we go on an anti-aging program my goal is that every year when you take your Christmas pictures with a family people say sure she looks the same every year and look we're all getting older so it's a very natural and natural type of progression and I think depending on what your patient's needs are and what their expectations are and what their budget is, you can then design a treatment protocol. So it's not a hit and run. It's a relationship that you form with your acidic practitioner. Okay. So biostimulators to our patients. I think there's a couple of things that the patient need to understand about a biostimulator and a biostimulator treatment. Um, number one, in the ones, and here I'm referring specifically to Sculptra, um, it's a series of treatments. It's not a once-off. Um, and by that, I mean you come in a treatment plan would involve three, four, five, six, two, one uh, treatment, usually depending on your age and the quality of your skin. Viv, um, as you are one of the most prolific users of Sculpture. Do you just want to explain this to us? Um, because the other two um, biostimulators uh, work slightly differently, and we'll ask Mel to, to weigh in on that one. Okay. So the polylactic acid biostimulator called Sculpture works 
um, slightly differently is that it only stimulates collagen. It doesn't have a product like CMC or hyaluronic acid that will cause a filling effect. Okay. So I always say to my patients, a great heart cell. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest that maybe you need three treatments and the three treatments are six weeks apart. So, hey, here's the thing. Come and have a treatment. When you walk out of my rooms, you're going to look exactly the same. And okay. you would have given me some money. <laughs> and you would have given me some money. And then you know what? If you think that's bad, please come back six weeks later. Possibly you'll see there's a bit of a glow in your skin, but you actually won't see any treatment. So, hey, pay me again. We'll do that one again. And then I promise on my third treatment, they're breaking down your door to come back because the collagen started to grow and they can start to see the effect. But you really have to develop a relationship with your patient. You have to manage expectations and you have to tell them that even if you needed one or two treatments, the collagen stimulation is a natural body process that takes its own time, and it's at least 12 weeks before you start to see a result. The good side of it is that the result seems to continue and improve over time after that, but you really have to get that patient's buy-in to come in and walk out of your rooms initially without seeing any difference. I, I think the term biohacking uh, comes to mind, and I, you know what, I spoke uh, uh, to one of our colleagues about um, sculpture on the show, and we used the term biohacking, and that's where you actually hack your own biology to reverse um, or stimulate uh, an effect, and um, I think this is what the biostimulators, and especially the pure biostimulator, does so well. Before I ask Mel to weigh in on the other ones, Dr. Viv, um, you know what, we often talk about the patients in their 30s and 40s. But in my practice, um, I have used this and I am using it on patients in their 70s with phenomenal effects. Um, is this something that you can talk about as well? Yes, I, I, in fact, the predominant, I have done a lot of sculpture t treatments in patients in their 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And there are studies showing that collagen stimulation is possible with PLLA in postmenopausal women, so it's not necessarily a contraindication. We need to discuss contraindications to biostimulators at some stage. Um, so I've had some tremendous results in older women. It's definitely not just for the younger patient. I always think about biostimulators as being, I always think which patients are suitable for biostimulators, and that's talking about all the biostimulators. So I always say the patient who's had everything, the patient who's had fillers, toxin, laser, but still doesn't quite look great, that biostimulator just rounds everything off. It look, it makes it look great. So that's that um, aesthetic sort of experienced patient. And then exactly the opposite, the person who says, I don't want that toxin in my face, I don't want a dermal filler. They like the concept of actually growing your own cells, so that works well. It works well in the very young because it's like a tweakment. It's like preventing the aging, and it's something that we can offer an older patient because we know it works. What we haven't touched on is works brilliantly in weight loss because you know how you lose superficial fat pads in your face when you lose weight if you embark in a diet program. If you use biostimulators at the same time as your weight loss, you'll prevent that sunken look. Yeah, and then it's, it's, um, it's trending on social media, media as Ozempic face. 
Um, I don't know whether you guys have seen that. Um, and this is the weight loss medication, but it was actually developed for diabetics, and patients lose up to 15% of their body weight, um, and, but then they look old and haggard. Yeah, because your superficial fat, the fat that moves above your muscles when you smile, um, tends to disappear first when you lose weight. So biostimulators have a fantastic role, um, you know, as part of a weight loss journey. And then obviously your patient trying to keep their surgical results. So it's, um, it's really a treatment that benefits a lot of people for a lot of different indications and also across the board in age groups. And I just want to say, we're here saying woman, woman, but uh, I do want to say men love it too. I actually, in my practice, find that men react to sculpture better and quicker than than women. Where I have someone in their 50s who, if I would would be doing the PLLA treatment, where they, a woman would need five to get a, a great result. Men usually uh, get to about three and it's, oh my word, you mm-hmm. know, this is looking amazing. So Mel, the other two uh, hybrid biostimulators on the market because they act like fillers or have a component of fillers in there. Um, can you tell us a little bit about them? And yeah. So the the one is known as radius, and uh, so first of all, both of the the other two have the same biostimulator molecule in them called calcium hydroxyapatite, which is actually found naturally in your own bone. Um, it is that the great thing is that it's broken down naturally over a course of about one to two years. It won't stay in you. It's not a forever thing. Um, and as it breaks down, well, while it's there, it forms a very happy home for your fibroblast to attach to and happy fibroblasts squirt out good stuff. So the calcium hydroxyapatite sits in the subdermal area. It makes happy um, fibroblasts, and over the course of about a year, it breaks down. The difference between the two products, Radius has got that very temporary filler-type molecule called CMC. So it's quite interesting. When you inject it, you have this temporary change that looks like you've had a little bit of filler, normal filler, as in dermal filler, but it disappears quite quickly, sometimes as quick as two weeks, and can create a little bit, as I said, of anxiety in patients because they think the filler's disappeared. And it has in a way because the CMC has broken down, but they need to be educated and just be patient. It's all about delayed gratification because the the same kind of effect where you're looking for collagen stimulation does come. And as Vivian explained, it's it's usually only starting at about 12 weeks. So – Radius does sometimes need to be repeated. Once again, you, you position a certain amount and then you'll need some more just depending on, um, on your aging process. Harmonica is a little bit unique. It has that calcium hydroxyapatite element, but half of it is actually a proper dermal filler. And this is hyaluronic acid, which is a very strong water-retaining molecule. It doesn't break down quickly. Um, in clinical trials, it was shown to be present in the tissues for about 8 to 12 months after injecting harmonica. And it does definitely – I always try and explain to patients, it's almost like putting peanut butter on toast. So the peanut butter has got a certain little thickness to it, but it's not very bulking. It's not like putting in cheek filler where you're going to get a massive filling effect. Rather – there's going to be a subtle 
subtle thickening and lifting of the lateral fat pads initially. So imagine the first six months you've got this filler that gives you that initial effect that holds. So you get a lift, you get a pull, and you're happy. While that is breaking down, like hyaluronic acid fillers do, in the background, the biostimulator is sitting there in amongst these molecules and creating new collagen. So as the one breaks down, your own collagen builds up. And that's what creates the prolonged effect. So you have the immediate effect, that's quite nice, with a prolonged effect of your own collagen. So... Harmonica is a little bit different um, in that there is an initial treatment. Usually um, that effect should last for at least 12 months, sometimes longer. However, depending on the degree of aging, if, if a patient has quite significant aging, there's sometimes one repeat treatment needed at about four to six months, like a top-up, a second treatment. And then there's a very long, a prolonged effect. But um, I'm sure we can't go into too much detail. It's, it's quite a medical discussion. But, you know, that you can't always as a patient come in, pick and choose which one you'd want because you may not be suited to one or the other. And your doctor's going to be best able to understand which one's going to be suitable for you based on your aging and your needs. So it's good as a patient to be educated on all of them. Know what each one does. You know, know what harmonica does. Know what sculpture does. I, I, and then ask the question, which one is right for me? I actually they want to uh, rather refer as a patient, know that there are different options um, and be selective in choosing your practitioner. Um, your practitioner needs to be familiar with all of them. Do you agree? Absolutely, Mark. Um, your practitioner needs to be familiar with what they can do. And then it boils down to what we said right at the beginning. It's all about the facial assessment. It's all about understanding the underlying condition and how that relates to ultimately what you, the patient, wants. Um, and then the doctor needs to be able to advise on the correct product um, because these uh, – Different treatment modalities, and here I'm referring to biostimulators, uh, tissue fillers, neuromodulators, can and most often should be combined. Mm. Um, on that, let's talk about complications and contraindications um, as we have a couple of minutes left. Um, Dr. Viv, do you want to start with contraindications of using a biostimulator? Okay, so biostimulators are not for everybody. Okay, so first of all, there's certain there's certain conditions that patients have in the acute phase that you shouldn't be having fillers, biostimulators, or anything. So such as active infections um, are not suitable. Then we look at obviously um, it goes without saying that it's contraindicated in pregnancy as bre and breastfeeding. And for the general public, interestingly enough, that's mainly because you actually can't do studies on pregnant and breastfeeding women just in case something goes wrong. So it's a definite no-no in breastfeeding and in um, pregnancy. And then if you have any type of autoimmune disease, this is a contraindication. Because if you think about it, what a biostimulator does is sort of stimulate your own inflammatory system. And autoimmune diseases are inflammation so 
you wouldn't want to use that for them. My my hand immediately goes up. So with um, autoimmune diseases, people with autoimmune thyroid diseases like Hashimoto's, which is under control, people with a little bit of uh, um, dormant or not active flare-ups of um, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. Is this a contraindication for them as well? It's a gray area, Mark. It depends. There's a big difference between someone who was diagnosed with who has an underactive thyroid from Hashimoto's disease, which is burnt out, which is an autoimmune condition, and they've been maintained on therapy for 10 to 15 years then a biostimulator wouldn't be a contraindication. Okay. However, someone with, say, rheumatoid arthritis who still experiences flare-ups, you stand a good chance of flaring up that patient. And also some skin conditions like vitiligo, when the skin is patchy and white, I would never treat a vitiligo patient because any small trauma can set off a rebound. So it's a question of how stable that disease. But if there's any form of activity... I feel that's a contraindication. So with patients who form um, hypertrophic um, and keloid scars, also an absolute contraindication for those patients? Not for me, actually, because one of the things is because the biostimulator is injected with a cannula, which is a blunt-tipped, long needle-like tube, yes, Um, you actually don't need to make many scars on the face. So it's quite possible to treat a face from one or two single entry points. And I think you can watch it carefully. And I think also keloids are a relative contraindication, but not an absolute. Not like an active autoimmune disease, for instance. Um, Mel, with the um, two hybrid Fillers, same contraindications or are the other contraindications that we need to be aware of? No, it's the same. It's the same. And in fact, I think, just to keep in mind, I think really across all dermal fillers, as well as biostimulators, us as trainers would, that would be a, a, a given for all of those, I personally. Um, the old traditional, if we can call them dermal fillers and the biostimulators, that's part of why you go to a doctor because believe it or not, we are actually pricking you. We're putting an implant into you that is going to be there for a while that, um, your health. So, so it's not so much that the, the biostimulator or the filler will affect your health as much as your health will affect the result of the filler. And the last thing you want is to go for an aesthetic treatment that you're doing electively to look better and a medical health condition lands up flaring the filler and making it look worse. And then we have to try and modify and, and you know, uh, dampen down effects that we weren't expecting. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think as patients, it's so important to mention things like sinusitis or a cold or an underlying dental condition. I'm, I, you know what, I have an appointment with a dentist in a couple of days' time or I had an appointment with my dentist or I have a bit of toothache. Um, it's so important because that is an infection that is lurking in the background and we're working fairly close to that area. And um, as Dr. Viv can tell us, we've seen some serious complications um, because of patients not being forthcoming 
in their consultations because they, they need to have a treatment. You really do have to be well at the time of going for a, a filler treatment of any kind. Why? Because as, as we said, these bugs like to harbor in your body. There's many bugs that hide. They'll look for, I mean, that's what an abscess is. It's bugs hiding from your immune system. And these, if you can think of these fillers being like an implant, it's a little gel area that forms a lovely home for bugs. So if you have something like sinusitis, gastro, UTI, urinary infection, um, these bugs, they're not just in that area. They're floating around your body. And there's a little mini war going on between your immune system and these little bugs that leak around and it's incredible but we know that these bugs will look for a home and if they find a little pocket of filler that's a nice juicy home it won't always happen but there's a small percentage of the time where these bugs will make a home and what the result may be is that your filler feels weird it can form little nodules it can form little hot um, areas and at the worst it can form an abscess that would they need to be drained so yes a hundred percent you need to be well at the time of filler rather delay. Wait until you're well. Um, make it a good experience rather than something that's going to complicate and be a headache for both you and the doctor. Okay. So we're running out of time. Dr. Viv, what should patients expect and what can they expect from a biostimulator treatment? For me, I think one of the biggest things that's um, differentiates a biostimulator from, say, a dermal filler treatment is the fact that you're treating the whole face, that you get a pan-facial effect, and that you get an overall improvement in, in your appearance without being able to quite put your finger on what it is that's been done, rather than someone coming to you and going, oh, you've had your lips done, gee, that looks very nice. Um, and I think um, – you're going to get a natural result that's probably that's going to be long-lasting. You are going to have to maintain it by repeating your treatments every year, every two years. Um, but for me, I like the fact that it treats the whole face and that it works on what actually causes the fact that we lose collagen and we're now increasing the collagen in your system. Um, on that topic, um we are starting to see a lot of social media um, that is uh, aimed or involves biostimulators for uses somewhere else in the body. Um, here we're looking specifically at necks um, and we're looking at even body work, um, bums, abdomens, some people even use it for arms. Um, in South Africa, the products are being used for that and is being registered with our Medical Control Council in SAPRA for, for body use. Dr. Viv, you frown. Um. I think body, body is the next frontier. I think that's the next way we're moving in biostimulators. But before we get to body, I just also want to say that the way we treat biostimulators in the face, the indications are increasing. So we're going to start using biostimulators for different indications. For instance, Sculpture is about to be approved for treatment of acne scarring um, in the face in the United States. So not only are we moving on to neck treatments and body treatments, but the actual way we're using, we're using biostimulators in the face is also going to, the indications are going to expand. Next, 
um, work very, very well with biostimulators. But you need an experienced practitioner because there's a, there's a couple of tricks on how to do it. There's dilutions. There's a way to prevent complications. Um, body use of biostimulators is definitely a, a worldwide developing trend. Um, I love science. We are, the papers are starting to come out on the exact protocols and the way we should be treating it. I'm very nervous of social media and body and body treatments in biostimulators. Um, there are people putting some crazy stuff out there. Um, just know that um, Instagram is not a medical journal um, and not everything that you read is true, but that definitely is a developing trend in this market. Okay. Um, we've run out of time. I want to thank Dr. Vivian Jandera, plastic and reconstructive surgeon, and Dr. Melanie Lamprecht, aesthetic practitioner, for joining me um, to talk about this new kid on the block. Um, any closing comments from you, um, Vivian Mel? I think um, for anybody interested, as as Dr. Viv said earlier, for those experienced patients who want something new and fresh, for those that are a little bit maybe not experienced, wanting to try something that may be more natural, I really do think that this is a, a, a type of product that is for almost everyone and will give amazing results in the right hand. So be brave, go out, get a, a good consult and, and give them a try because I think this has changed the face of aesthetics and probably forever. Dr. Viv? Gmail, that sums it up absolutely personally. And if I can just add, be very careful about choosing your practitioner. Choose a doctor who's experienced and choose a doctor who's trained. And I think you'll be amazed with your results. I, I, I am such a believer in this product. In, in my practice, it definitely changed my practice. Um, it allows me to give a patient a natural look by giving them lifting natural volumization, treatment of the laxity of the skin, dullness of skin, luminosity of the skin, all in one go. Um, and as um, a medical trainer, this is something that I would um, love training on to all practitioners. I think it's one of the best products to use. And what's so wonderful is you can use it in combination with everything else. So that wraps up the show. Next week, we will be back and um, Divya Naidu will be joining me and Sister Elise and we'll be talking about detoxing the mind and body. So until then, um, we wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.